Good morning, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Wednesday, September the 23rd. Uh, wishing you every joy and blessing wherever you are today. And thank you for joining to take a little bit of time to open up God's Word with me today. And uh, we will uh, be back in uh, Luke's Gospel today, even though we have a memorial, uh, a feast day today. And I'll talk a little bit about that after we uh, break open God's Word, okay? So let's dive in to the Gospel. If you are following along, we will be in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 to 6. Luke 9, 1 to 6. Let's hear God's Word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus summoned the twelve and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He said to them, Take nothing for the journey, neither walking stick, nor sack, nor food, nor money, and let no one take a second tunic. Whatever house you enter, Stay there and leave from there. And as for those who do not welcome you, when you leave that town, shake the dust from your feet in testimony against them. Then they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and curing diseases everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, brothers and sisters, um, a familiar gospel today that we've heard uh, not only uh, in, in the synoptics, in all the gospels, but uh, I think we've heard, you know, a number of times this image that Jesus has about sending out, whether it's him saying, you know, it's not only for, for this town that I came, but for all the towns of Judea when the people came and wanted him to stay in Capernaum. Uh, and he said, no, I've been called to all, and I, I need to leave that active idea. I mean, gosh, we heard it just the other day with Matthew, who was seated in passive, and Jesus come and said, follow me, and Matthew got up and followed. That idea of movement and, and how Jesus is calling us to move. He's calling us to move. And, and the gospel must be brought from where we are now. To, to those others who won't be moving toward us. And so if the world is to hear the word, how is that to happen? So let's start at the beginning. Jesus summoned the 12. So again, Jesus is calling those uh, close to him. These are the 12, the apostles. Uh, he's calling them together and he gave them power and authority over all demons, and to cure diseases. And then he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Boy, oh boy, we could just sit with that line, that first line, and then that would be enough. That, first of all, Jesus summons us. He summons us. You know, we can't just wait again for Jesus to come by to us like old Matthew and, and, and assume he's going to do it. Although, praise God, he does. He continues to come after us, the hound of heaven. But, um, but Jesus summons us to him. Uh, and, and we must say, again, I, I think this invites us to those places where we're like, when do we approach Jesus? 
uh, Sunday Mass, of course. But when else? When else do we approach him in prayer, in quiet time, in in whatever it is? When do we hear that summons and come to him? So again, there's that idea, that movement idea of not staying uh, just stationary, that we are called. So Jesus summons us and we come. What does he do? He gives us power and authority. Now, a little bit of word of warning here. This is not power and authority as the world views power and authority. That was one of the temptations in the desert, right? Uh, You know, I will give all of this to you if you bow down and worship me and throw yourself off uh, of this temple and and the angels are going to, they're going to save you. You're not even going to stub your toe. Uh, And he's like, hey, that's not the kind of power and authority we're talking about here. That this is a power and authority in the Spirit of God, uh, only through the Spirit of God, that uh, that is given to us. And it's given, brothers and sisters, to you and I, too. Now, I say this, having never uh, cast out a demon of someone, not to my knowledge anyway, and, and frankly, to my knowledge, never cured a disease uh, either. But, brothers and sisters, that doesn't mean we're not given authority. And I know there are, I, I believe in those gifts, by the way, in those charisms that people have them, but I believe you and I have them and just maybe not in ways. And again, I don't want to limit the power of God. Uh, and, and perhaps we just haven't realized them yet. And, and it's a, it's a dormant power within us, but I believe this to be still true. He summons us and gives us power and authority in his name to cure whatever those places of, of ill at ease, those people who are ill at ease around us. Uh, to help them be at ease uh, from the dis-ease with which they, they are, are encountering now. Um, and, uh, and whatever demons, whatever addictions, whatever um, mindsets, attitudes prevail over those around us, that we are called to bring the peace of Christ. Again, this isn't in a look-at-me, showy, I'm stronger than you, demon type of thing. It's how does the power of God manifest itself through us uh, in our words, in our attitudes, in our actions, in our prayer uh, that slowly but surely overtake the situation of those addictions or those attitudes of that dis-ease within ourselves and within others. Because we've been given that power and authority, but not again. And then then this last line, which is so marvelous, or the last part of the first line, uh, which is, is we are sent to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Woodrow Wilson once said, and and I'll probably botch how he said it here, but um, Woodrow Wilson once said, no one can love their neighbor on an empty stomach. I like that image. I like that idea. Because, brothers and sisters, we are not just called to proclaim, quote-unquote, heavenly things and, and, and to speak about um, uh, God's goodness, which I, I hope we do, and, and God's life and the resurrection and the healing power of Christ physically, spiritually, emotionally for all of us, which I hope we do all of those things. But we must tend to the body, too, because we are made 
body and soul. I, I mention every now and then that I, I pray the living rosary once a day. I do a decade and, and I'm on the um, joyful mysteries. Once a month, you just change. So this month I'm on the third joyful mystery, which is the incarnation. And, and the meditation lately it, for me has been just how God meets that incarnation happens within you and I, where body and where heaven and earth meet within us. That, that they meet in us and that we are body and soul and that the presence of Christ is at home there. And, and so because humans are body and soul, uh, we, we must tend to both. That, that we are not called uh, to just preach the gospel, but we are also called to live that and to tend to the needs, to the, to the healing needs, to the... Um, well, as Woodrow Wilson points out, no one can, can uh, love their neighbor on an empty stomach. We're, we're called to give to their nutritional needs, whatever those needs are. Fruit, shelter, clothing, whatever. How do we do that? And then, and, and, and in doing so, by the way, proclaiming the gospel, but, it, but beyond that, then we can talk about the beyond. Then we can talk once those needs have been met what those spiritual needs are within us too. Because we're, we're not complete without them. We know that. We can't, we can't leave either alone. Brothers and sisters, you and I have been given power and authority. We, have to, we can't stand still. We, we're summoned. We're summoned first and foremost to God. We're given power and authority. However that looks, in, in the gifts and charisms you and I have been giving to heal dis-ease, and to cure addiction and attitude and to heal body and soul with it and to go out to the villages, to go out and trust that what we have is enough. What we have is enough. That's a hard thing, isn't it? Oh, Lord, let me, let me learn more, and then I can do it. But if we're summoned now, our God trusts that what we have today is enough, and that's a hard thing. And if God trusts us, can we trust ourselves and to move and to move? And brothers and sisters, it's not all on you and it's not all on me. Praise God for that. But we have to bring it out to the, to the outer parts of our world, wherever that is, we, we have to. And trust that other people are doing the same. And that's how this world uh, is evangelized and, and comes to know our God because there's nothing better, right? There's nothing better. So I mentioned that today is a, uh, a memorial, a feast day. It is the feast, uh, and I'm going to read it from uh, the, uh, the uh, bishop's website, the Memorial of St. Pius of Pietrelcina, priest. The Memorial of St. Pius of Pietrelcina. Well, you and I know him more by Padre Pio. Padre Pio is a relatively uh, new saint. He was born in the late 1800s, I want to say 1887, died in 1968. So again, lived to be 81, but died within the modern era and was only was beatified by John Paul in 1999 and canonized by him in 02. So again, these are within our lifetimes. And uh, Padre Pio was born Francis, uh, oh, I'm going to get his last name wrong, for, Forgione, so that's my Italian accent, Francis Forgione uh, in, uh, in Italy, and born to a, a very simple 
family, uh, uh, farmers in the southern part of Italy, and um, uh, many kids within the family. Uh, they grew up in a simple lifestyle. The father even had to go to America a number of times. I believe it was Jamaica, New York, uh, to make ends meet and send money back over. And uh, uh, Francis just had a, a, a drawing toward the Capuchin order. So at the age of 15, he joined the Capuchin order. And uh, by the age of, oh, it was 1910, so what would that be, 23, he was ordained a priest. He was drafted into the army in World War I, so that'd be shortly after 1914, 1915, was found to have tuberculosis. So they sent him off to an abbey in southeastern um, Italy, about 100 miles southeast of Rome, and it was in, in uh, an abbey not far from the Adriatic, so over, almost over on the coast, on the east coast of Italy. And it was there that Padre Pio called home for the rest of his life. And uh, what happened, though, was in 1918. So again, this is at the end of World War II, or World War I, excuse me, it was September, uh, I believe uh, September 20th, if memory serves, that um, he had just finished up uh, praying and uh, the Mass and was in his prayers of thanksgiving after the Mass, where he had a vision of Christ. And after that vision of Christ went away, he had the stigmata. Now, for those who don't know what the stigmata are, those are the wounds of Christ, the five wounds. Uh, and two on the hands where he was crucified, two in the feet, and uh, one in the side. And when people receive the stigmata, and there have been a few over the ages, they don't necessarily receive all five, but Padre Pio did. He received all five of those. And from that moment on, life became uh, wonderful and complicated and hard because he dealt with the suffering of the stigmata. But he was a living image of how to deal and carry pain and suffering in a way that was uh, healing. Again, you talk about the healing image or the healing uh, ministry that we are called to that he did. And how he did that was... He lived simply. Now, there was a number of controversy. People called him out, and I didn't realize this until I did a little reading on him, that uh, people called him out and, and said, oh, that's not real. The stigmata uh, are self-induced. And time and time again, the, um, the Vatican sent people to look at it. There were even times he was, he was asked not to preach, not to see his spiritual director, uh, just simply spend time in prayer, and he did it without, um, without word. He did it just under obedience, which again, oh, what a difficult thing to do sometimes is, is to that humble obedience. But he did it. And shortly thereafter, you know, every time the Vatican said, okay, you can do it, he had an incredible following. And the way he brought healing, again, that healing that you and I are called to do in just our own ways, but the way Padre Pio, bought it, Padre Pio bought, brought it was uh, through... Uh, his wonderful gift uh, in the confessional, that he would hear people's confessions uh, from after 5 a.m. Mass uh, all the way until noon, uh, breaking only to bless the poor in the area. Because again, many people say they were healed through the intercession of, of uh, Padre Pio, not only when he was alive, but certainly when he's been dead too. Um, and then, I mean, it was up to 10 hours a day. He would... 
uh, be in the confessional and people would come and experience the sacrament of reconciliation with him to the point they were taking numbers in the church. So many people came. Um, that was his ministry. He was in that abbey virtually the rest of his life. He lived a simple life. And, and people that talked to him said, you know, he didn't necessarily come away with, with words that, of wisdom that they'd never heard before, mm-hmm. but they understood the gospel in simple ways that they'd never seen it before. I mean, I would, I would think, and I don't want to speak out of turn, that he would have a great kinship to Solanus Casey. Again, another Capuchin, another very simple person, humble, who simply served and loved. And I think there's a call for that, brothers and sisters, tying this to our gospel, um, that you and I are given power and authority, but it's not a power and authority over. It's this spirit of God, and we're called to heal with it. And that spirit of God feels like a gentle breeze. It sure did for Padre Pio. That people knew it when they saw it, and it was in a, in a humble service and life. And they were healed of their dis-ease and of any burdens they carried and any addictions and demons that they brought in with them through their encounters with him. May we carry that. And Padre Pio, pray for us. May we carry that same humility and spirit and gentleness with us and that closeness to Christ and trust that that's enough. That's enough. Let's pray. Invite you to bring any intention uh, during this time of prayer that you would like to call it forth. As we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The third sorrowful mystery is the uh, crowning of thorns. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. As I said before, Padre Pio, pray for us. Blessings on your day, my friends. May you be a gentle breeze to others and bring that healing power of Christ to those around you. God's blessings.